0: Welcome to Privacy Path, brought to you by Privacy Laws and Business. My name is Laura Linkomiers, I am the editor of our reports. So today we are talking about the long-anticipated draft privacy law in China. The law which is called uh, the law on the protection of personal information and it was released in October last year. There has been some legislation in China on cyber and data before this, but this development was described as marking a decade of evolution in the direction of a European-style law by our correspondent to our reports, Dr. Graham Greenleaf. To discuss these developments, I am delighted to welcome Yen Luo, partner at the Covington and Burling office in Beijing, where she advises clients on data protection and cybersecurity issues. Welcome, Yen. Thank you. Would you join Professor Greenleaf in this assessment?
1: Yes, yes, I do. Um, so um, I think, for the most part, that you know uh, this draft law, uh, if it is adopted, uh, will change the privacy landscape in China. So I do think this is an important
0: development. And um, in practical terms, what will it mean for companies doing business with China?
1: Well, uh, I think the, we 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 want to say start with uh, several of the highlights of this draft law. So, so I think it will be it will mean a lot uh, both for companies that have operations in China uh, that collects uh, you know personal data uh, in China, but also some of the um, companies or organizations that previously, um, you know, hasn't thought about, uh, you know, Chinese privacy law. So I'll explain that in a minute. Um, so um, so we wanted to start the, the first highlight of this law is actually it extends the uh, territory reach to the data processing activities conducted outside of China um so uh provided that the purpose of the processing is to provide products or services to individuals in china and secondly or to analyze or assess quote-unquote uh the behavior of individuals in china so so i i'd like to start from there because um this is probably the first time that we are seeing that the uh, Chinese privacy laws might have extra total effect uh, on, you know, pro- processing activities happened outside of country. So we do think this is a big thing.
0: So are you seeing this at your work at Covington and Burling? Are companies contacting you increasingly from abroad asking advice about what they maybe should be doing?
1: Uh yes, I mean definitely yes because uh uh, this you know with this uh, draft personal information protection law and also with the complicated extraterritorial effect of the cybersecurity law or or the lack of it, uh, companies are, are contacting us trying to understand. Uh, to what extent that they have to comply with Chinese rules and what might be the implications on their global um, network, uh, you know, infrastructure.
0: So, of course, this is just a draft at this point and there may be some changes. Um, Have you uh, noticed uh, companies making some specific points that they wish to have changed in the draft law?
1: Uh, yes, we do. So, um, as you noted, that in October, uh, the the first draft law was um, uh, was was for the first time released for public comments. So we do notice that many many companies. Uh, both, both you know, Chinese companies and also multinationals operating or, you know, processing Chinese data, as well as a lot of international organizations uh, and uh, and a lot of other foreign countries also make comments. So, um, yeah, we, we do see that there's a lot of comments um, on this draft law.
0: And uh, personally, uh, which are the areas do you think that might need some further attention
1: well, there has been um, quite a few comments um, uh, in the in, in, in multiple areas, um, you know, a lot of the attention has been um, has been drawn to the proposed cross border data transfer framework. Um, so, so again, this is a new area where which, you know, for the first time that will be introduced in the legislation. Uh, so, so, um, so a lot of companies uh, or a lot of organizations has been uh, providing comments to that. I, I just wanted to like quickly suggest, you know, what it looks like uh, under this new draft law uh, would look like for uh, cross-border data transfer. So, um, so this this draft law envisions a framework where companies started to provide. Uh, separate notice and obtain consent uh, from data subjects for their cross-border data transfer. And then the company also has to do some uh, internal risk assessment and also keep the transfer records for a period of time. Uh, but the most important piece of this transfer framework is actually that they... Um, you know, the draft provides a number of lawful transfer mechanisms that a company can rely on to transfer the data. Um, at the moment, there are you know, sort of three listed there. Uh, one is the security assessment uh, uh, administrated by, by regulators. So so if a company is uh, specially designated as a critical information infrastructure operator, or they're processing a large volume of data, uh, they might be compelled uh, to, you know, to, pr- to do a mandatory security assessment. Um, and, and that's one sort of, you know, mechanism, one r- route to uh, transfer data. Uh, the other one is certification, and we also, uh, the, the last one is to have a transfer agreement. Uh, so, so those are the, you know, a few, three uh, lawful transfer mechanisms that are provided in this draft law. I mean, obviously, there's, you know, it uh, it's needs a lot of more details for companies to be able to operationalize uh, the, the, uh, the, the, the transfers. So, so there's a lot of comments on that.
0: Okay. And um, are there any provisions on data localization?
1: Uh, this is a hard question, actually. It's a bit of yes and no uh, answer. So uh, we do see that the, um, the draft did provide that if a company is a, um, is a, a operator of critical information infrastructure. Uh, again, this is a concept that is borrowed from the cybersecurity law, which essentially means that, you know, those companies operating infrastructure that is critical for China's national security. So, so for those companies, uh, yes, there's a data localization requirements. um, And also for companies that has processing, quote, unquote, large uh, volume of personal data. So, you know, they are, you know, um, potentially data localization requirements. But we don't see that the door is completely shut for those companies, even if they have special destination, um, because they can still transfer data out of China after security assessment. So again, this is a point that um, many companies we, uh, you know, wish the government can clarify on what the security assessment would be and how burdens on that will be. Uh, so, so, so that's a lot of questions still out there.
0: Now you mentioned. Um individual consent and risk assessment something that we talk about a lot in europe Um, would you say that the chinese draft law roughly follows the eu gdpr principles
1: um i think they are quite similar we we do think there's a lot of similarities between the draft law and the gdpr uh so uh, especially in terms of transparency uh you know legal basis for processing and data subject rights and so on so forth so so yes Uh, but i think there are um a number of in a number of ways that this new draft law would be different from gdpr Uh, i think first of all is that um you know uh for in, in practical terms, and also probably based on the, on the proposed legislation, um, the primary legal basis of any processing will likely be consent, uh, rather than, um, you know, concept like legitimate interest. Uh, it's just simply because this law doesn't recognize uh, legitimate interest as a lawful basis for processing. Uh, so that's one interesting sort of divergence from GDPR. Um, and also um, we do see that there's a lot of discussion on the on how sensitive personal information might be different uh, from the Chinese laws, proposed Chinese laws and uh, with GDPR.
0: So it's um, one thing to have a law in place, but how it will actually be enforced?
1: Well, that's a that's a great question. Um, I think they are, you know, it's still a little bit early at stage, but um, because they, um, they, um, the agencies hasn't been specified uh, in this in this draft law, so um, so so it's still um, hard to say um, uh, at this moment. But we understand that the cyberspace administration of China will likely take the lead uh, to um, you know to to coordinate all the government on the, on the you know personal information protection front. So uh, we will definitely see other sectorial uh, regulators, um, like you know the telecom regulator, uh, the financial, the, the, you know, the People's Bank of China, which oversees financial institutions in China, and other sectoral regulators will also enforce this law um, you know, in their own industries. Uh, but but overall, we we do believe that the cyberspace administration of China will take the lead.
0: And when do you expect the law to be adopted and um, be enforced?
1: Um, we understand that there's a plan to finalize this law um, in 2021. So um, so it's possible that you know the legislature will. Push through the next two readings because uh, typically Chinese law requires three readings to be uh, finalized, and uh, we expect that the legislator will push the next two readings uh, relatively quickly and uh, and get this uh, promulgated by the end of this year. Um, it will probably take uh, a few other months to be actually uh, to to allow this law to be actually enforced. Um, and it's probably going to take a, a slower start, but we actually don't know that yet.
0: I guess in legislative terms, that's uh, fairly imminent. So how would you advise organizations to prepare now for the the law?
1: Well, um Yes, that's a pretty uh, imminent um, uh, legislation. So I think the you know what from what we see um, from most of the uh, clients we advise in China, uh, especially multinational clients, uh, I think the good thing for them is that it's unlikely that they're starting from the scratch, uh, you know, to um, to comply with this new proposed law, uh, because a lot of the organizations. Um, as we see in China has already done some part of it uh, because since they, uh, the cybersecurity law took effect um, you know, three years ago. So, so we do see that many organizations have already taken steps to uh, review their um, uh, in-country processing of data uh, to make sure that they uh, provide notice and get consent uh, from data subjects, and so on, and so forth, and also to have um, you know cybersecurity uh, measures in place to protect the data. So we do see a lot of those erf- efforts has already been um, you know either underway or, or, or already been done there. Um, I think the, um, the the hard part will be that uh, this will be the first time that uh, we will, um, you know, they, um, a lot of the organizations will consider uh, cross-border data transfer strategies under this new uh, proposed law. So, um, so we wanted to say that uh, because at the moment we don't see that the ch- there's uh, you know a hard stop uh, from any Chinese laws to um, to stop transfer of data for, for most of the purpose, except in several, um, you know, very specified, um, um, uh, sectors. Uh, but other than that, uh, companies usually can freely transfer the data, uh, for their, you know, for example, for HR purpose, uh, for their normal business, um, um, and use the, that's all fine. Uh, but but with this new law, um you know all the organizations will have to have a hard look of their cross border data transfer strategies uh, uh out of China,
0: looking at the other side of the coin, what's the level of public awareness of data protection and privacy in in China now? Do you think people will use their data protection rights
1: yeah that's that's a great question um I think yes. I mean, definitely, we are seeing a growing concern of uh, privacy protection in China. Uh, we actually see more individuals filing civil suits against entities that are, you know, um, you know, allegedly um, illegally processing their personal information, uh, including, for example, um, you know, some. Um, uh, some individuals suing the suing the parks or zoos for using uh, you know facial recognition software to collect um, their you know facial data and processing their facial data and so on and so forth. So um, yes, we do think there's a growing concern of privacy protection in China. Um, but but interestingly, Until now, we haven't seen, for example, many people exercise their right, such as, you know, requesting, you know, sending data subject right um, requests to companies and requesting, for example, copies of their data or requesting delete of their data. So that hasn't really picked up um, yet. Uh, But with this new proposed law in place, um, we do expect that, that that will rise
0: So, all eyes on China in 2021. Thank you so much, Jan, for this insights. It was very valuable and extremely interesting. We um, really value your expertise and and your time. So, this is the end of this podcast. Please tune in next time to listen about Data Protection Champions. And all that remains for me to say is um, tune in to uh, next podcast and follow us on www.privacylaws.com for our reports and e-news. Thank you and goodbye.
1: Thank you.